Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of That Is Effin' Weird. We've got a bunch of juicy material on today's episode, which is... Uh, Damien, can you please tell us what you what you know a little bit about this cult, how you got into it, you know, just some, some basic information before we uh, actually start asking you some questions. Yeah, uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, see, I, I, I write, well, mainly fiction. I do a lot of horror stuff, and, and I wanted to kind of... I wanted to kind of branch out, do to kind of get my name out there. Char- I reached out to this crowd called uh, Dialogue Ireland. They're a charity that uh to help people that have that find themselves or like to help families of people that end up in cults or to help, and to help people kind of break away from cults and to help people who are like after coming out of cults and uh, they need like additional help, you know, just to change their mindset away from what they were like programmed for in the first place, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I reached out to them, asked them, did, I, did they want any help? And they asked me, would I write about this group called Modern Mystery School? And, I, and I, at the time, I never even heard of them. To be, uh, to be honest, I didn't know much about cults. I didn't even know much about cults at the time, you know. They asked me when I when I write an article about them because at the time, you see, not many people knew. Not many people know about it, knew about them. They were like, they, like, they, like when I said, like they weren't really, they weren't that big secret. It's, it, it's not like a secret organization, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, not many people had heard about them, and they were just like people were just starting to like members like members that have left were just starting to come out and talking about it and so and Dialogue Ireland themselves they were the first they were actually the first people to write about the Modern Mystery School and Vice then Vice you know you know Vice G mm-hmm. yeah, they, they brought out they brought out an article then and Dialogue Ireland then wanted uh, wanted wanted an article so they asked me to jump in and write one for them that's how that's how I got involved that's how I got involved that's so you so it was all there was an organization that was started up or there was an organization that asked you to write an article about these cult survivors essentially yeah yeah so you yeah. so you so you did meet some some of the cult survivors from this modern uh, yeah. mystery yeah. school. We actually became friends with a few of them, you know. We kind of, we kind of got, got a bit close at so listening to their stories and stuff, you know. I kind of got close to them, like, and I kind of continued to kind of talk. I, I still talk to them, like, you know. So can you tell us, like, when this cult first showed up? Like, yeah. When it, yeah. See, uh, it was about, see, like, talk about school. We had kind of had to talk about the leader, you know. Yeah. And he like, like he's not like, you know, like to be honest, though, he's not like most. Look, man, he, he, of course, he's he's shady. He's a cunt leader. He's he's a bit shady, you know. But mm-hmm. he saw, he, but he's an interest. He's an interesting kind of bloke, you know. But look, I get into, I get into his earlier. I get into his earlier before he, I get into that now in, in a while. But he left. He 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 was. He's actually from Iceland. He's Icelandic, and he moved. He moved to America in say the mid nineties, around nineteen ninety five. He they moved. He went to it was a youth youth uh, place in Ompton. It was called in Utah. So I'm not from America now, so I wouldn't really know that place too well. Yeah. But uh, I think it's near it's near the, the Rocky Mountains anyway. It is, you know, somewhere along mm-hmm. somewhere around there anyway. He he met him. He he met his he met his wife when he, after he moved to America. He met his wife, a woman called L- Laurie Seafest, and she was she was already an established kind of psychic. And healer, all things sort of like metaphysics though, and all things mystical, you know. Mm-hmm. And they set up, they set up a foundation called the Triolite Foundation. And what they did was they, they kind of sold it was kind of like portions and sort of like snake oil stuff, no, like you know, that was to kind of like connect you to God and stuff like that, you know. But like it, it wasn't, it wasn't really, it didn't really work out for them, you know what I mean? They weren't like nobody and nobody knew who they were, that nobody heard about them. I think they tried to set up a website, but that website now is, is long gone. It does though, it gets a bit weirder now. It gets a bit weirder here now after this. But uh, they claim, they claim that while dri- driving by, I think it was in Idaho, was it? That a spaceship came down and landed in the, landed in, uh, I think it was a sudden, sudden, one minute. No, I'll get, I'll, I'll get up my notes there now. Yeah, it took me two seconds there now. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, but, but it was, supposedly it was like a, a plasma ship and there they, 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 they was like aliens on the ship called the, the Nartors. Nartors was the name of them. And they gave them, like, they gave them all this, they gave them all this technology. See, so they believe that, Right, we all have twenty two. We all have twenty four strands of DNA, right? Mm-hmm. And that this these myst these al- mystical alien beings gave them the tools activate. No, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, right? Sorry, I, I get a bit mixed up there though. 
right? So we have 24 strands of DNA, right? And see, he also, see, because he's, he also claims that he's, uh, he's a 3,000-year-old year old lineage, the King Solomon. See, it is, it's weird, like, you know, it is a bit weird. And mm. uh, so through that, right, through, through that lineage, he learned and through, like, meeting other mystics, he, he claims that he can unlock 20, 22, 22 strands of your DNA. And the aliens, when the aliens come down, they give him the tools to unlock the other two the final two strands of DNA, and that became that became the main kind of focus of the group when it started off because it was small, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they sold. That's what they were selling. They were selling people a way to activate your your. It was called a DNA activation. They actually called it a leap. They call it a life activation now, but back when they started off, it was called a DNA activation. That's when he got the call. Then he got another vision. And he was told to open a mystery school, and it was called it was called the Rocky Mountain Mystery School. Okay. Then, him and his wife then broke up. He was he was he was a bit of a as well, he liked he liked the women mm-hmm. basically, you know. And so they they ended up breaking up, and she went away. She did her own thing, and he went away then. And he re, he rebranded the Rocky Mountain Mystery School as the Modern Mystery School, and that's the that's the kind of origins of the the, the Modern Mystery School. Then you know. Well, great. I mean, that's all of that is really, really interesting. So the whole idea that aliens came down and gave him this information that he could unlock yeah. DNA somehow. So is that that was like their big thing to get that was, followers? That, yeah, that was a big thing. And that's what sold it in the end was the aliens. Okay. That's how you find your way into a cult, isn't it? You're thinking about joining us now that he said aliens, huh? I'm not thinking about joining. I'm just saying, like, I, I, you guys know I dig aliens, so I can understand why someone would, you know, want to join them. Damien, can you can you tell us why this like why this was so dangerous as far as like what what made the cult, I guess, because to me, just, you know, unlocking your DNA and everything like that, like, I guess what aspect of the cult made them now what made I guess like dangerous? Like, what were what were they doing with inside the group? To talk about that side of it, you kind of have to talk about the leader himself, you know? Yeah. And his background and where he came from before he moved to America. And like and like I said, he is, he he, he's a, he, he makes money, he, he makes a lot of claims. He makes a lot, a lot of big claims. A lot of it I couldn't, I couldn't substantiate, but a lot of it I could, and a lot of it is true. Mm-hmm. And before, before, like, when he, like, when he was, when he was younger, when he was seventies, right? He would have been in his early twenties, I say. You know, he, the the leader's name is Goodney Goodnason. It's a proper Icelandic name, therefore. Mm-hmm. When he when he was born, he was born a twin. He had a twin brother who died about thirty minutes after they were both born. And he claimed that his brother stayed with him throughout his childhood, teaching him the spiritual realm, realm and all things got to do with spirituality. And, and by the time he was thirty. Then he was told, he came to the conclusion that he was meant to pass this on to the world and share it. Right. Mm-hmm. This this is not this is just another claim. So obviously it's not true, you know. But but then uh, but as he got older, then he he met these uh, twin brothers called uh, Hawk Hawk. Hey, I see I, I, Hawker and Hodesson. They were they were ice. They were like I, they were like Icelandic judo champions. Right, like they were like famous enough in the country. In Iceland, they were famous enough during the seventies, and they took they took Gundy under their wing and started teaching him martial arts, judo, and they, they actually the two twins actually came up with their own version of it was like a mixture between martial arts and dancing, a bit like what like what's that in Brazil, capoeira, is it something yeah. similar, something similar to that? And but then so they, they taught him anyway, they taught him, they took him under the wing and they taught him all the disciplines of judo and their own of judo and but eventually as as two did like like Gundy he was he wasn't like he wasn't famous he wasn't well known he wasn't well known in the martial arts but the twins were and they got a part in a movie called Where the Where, Where, Where the Raven Flies 
in the 70s, and it was actually, it, it was about Vikings, and it actually went on to be like a very, it was a very popular Icelandic film, and Gunny, and Gunny got a part in the movie also, and, but like, while, while he was, while he was acting in the movie, director was, was like pretty impressed with him, and he made Gunny the stunt coordinator for the movie, and so, when that was all said and done anyway, Gunny, the twins moved to Sweden, I think, and Gunny stayed in Iceland, and he continued, I think he worked he he worked in a, he 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 stayed in the the kind of film industry doing like different film works and stuff like that. But then like but in the in the eighties as he got a bit older he set up his own he set up his own martial art dojo uh, in Iceland. But like he started training he, he started training kids to fight and but like in Iceland right in Iceland full full body contact was illegal. But he was kind of running like a, like a kids fight club. You know what I mean yeah. And like the kids were like they were like messing each other up, you know. They were like they were like properly hurting each other. But he got in a lot of he got in a lot of trouble for it. Like there was like big controversy in Iceland over it. Mm-hmm. So like he got arrested. He got arrested for it. He got charged. I think he, I think he he beat the charge, but he got he got done in for. It. He, he was caught also with a with a BB gun, but he got he got he got he got a, a conviction for that. And that was that was his reason. Then that was his reason then for leaving Iceland. He had to get out of there, and that's when he moved to America. But like right. We're talking. We're talking about him being about the group being dangerous, right? The cult itself, they they practice a form of like like martial arts. They teach you martial arts within the school, you know. But like it's martial arts mixed with mysticism, cultism, and kind of like yeah, it was kind of metaphysics and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like before before he set up the before he like when. When it went in his early years of the school, he uh he he trained bodyguards for for like hot for like movie stars and supposedly he he trained the bodyguards for the Dalai Lama, you know. And he also but he also invented a stun glove. Like you ever see, you ever you ever see the film Iron Iron Man? Yes. Yes. It's the thing he has in his, his hands or the the power source coming out of his hands that makes him heads to fly and stuff like that. Like no, it's it's something similar, but it's like it's to like knock you out, you know. It's meant to like you know. And like look, it sounds it sounds kind of unbelievable, but like you could actually if you if you if you if you do a Google search, you could actually find the pattern to the stung glove you know yeah so like he trains bodyguards he he what you call it he has his own kind of like uh, what would you call it like uh, a side there yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of getting a bit of a head of myself there no, I am. yeah he treat <clears throat> basically like the, he trains bodyguards he trains what you call it he trains people like people to kill you know what I mean like, you know and that's and, and that's what kind of worries me about the group you know that's mm-hmm. why I don't really like give my name when I when I do talk about him or when I write about him you know is the cult still around today? It's still, yeah, it's still very active. They have like they have the main, they have a main, they have a base. They have they're all over the world. They're all over the world, and I'm talking like hundreds and thousands of members, right? So they have their main base in Toronto. They they have a base in they have their main base in Japan. That's where the, that's where Gundy Gundnason lives now at the moment, and that's where he does most of his work. But they have a base in Toronto, which is run by a fella called Dave Lanyon, and he's right. It, there's three people running the school, right? There's Dave Lanyon, Gundy Gundnason, and there's another Japanese fella. I actually can't pronounce his name. It's a it's a funny old name, you know. Mm-hmm. So they have a main base in Toronto, Japan, South Africa. And Brazil, they're the main bases. But they have, they have like, they have members and what would you call them, ritual masters in about sixty other different countries. So they're pretty, they're pretty into, pretty all over the place. Like they're everywhere, you know. So they're pretty, like you were saying that, like that you feel like they're even bigger than Scientology. If I had, to, if I had, if if I was to make an educated guess, I would say yes, yeah, definitely, yeah, you know. And that's pretty so, crazy because Scientology by itself is pretty big. Were you going to say some uh, stuff? Yeah, <clears throat> I have a couple questions. So uh, just to rewind a little bit, you said that some of these were through your own research. Uh, verified and some were just kind of unverified that were his claims yeah um so uh going back to the twin thing was it 
did you verify through medical records or anything that he actually did have one that passed away or, or was that one of the things that was unverified? No, uh, talking to people who knew him. Oh, okay. So, so these were, these were claims of people that knew him, not, not necessarily yeah. like records. Gotcha. And, uh, okay. and, the, <laughs> and the second, and the second one was, you said that it, what was it also substantiated or, or also just claims from the people around him that he, uh, he trained bodyguards for the Dalai Lama? He, that, that one, no, I, that one, no, I couldn't substantiate, but he okay. did, he did, but he did have a company at the time. I'm not sure how, how, how successful the company was that made, that trained bodyguards, but he did have a company that trained bodyguards, but he look, at the moment he has, he produces movies at the moment. Wow. Yeah, okay. And, and he's currently residing in Iceland. No, in Japan. Oh, Japan. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's interesting, um, is when kind of looking up into this, like I hadn't heard of the mystery school stuff at all, but through looking it up, I found out that like the mystery schools is like a thing that like dates back to like Greeks and Egyptians and everything kind of like esoteric uh, study grounds or libraries. And um, it is, it did, in your opinion, he, did he just kind of hijack that whole meme of a, of an experience yeah. and, and start his whole, okay. When he left Iceland, he claimed that he, he moved to England and there, that's when he joined the, the Hermetic Order of the, the Golden Dawn. It's like yeah. uh, Alistair Crowley kind of stuff. And, uh-huh. and also he claims that like he met teachers that taught him mystery school uh, teachings in Tibet and he said he got he got his power in a pyramid of Giza mm-hmm. but look these are just his claims these are the claims yeah. that he, that he yeah. tells people but really started off he, he went from Iceland to America and he started off working for so like people like so like uh, groups like Amway so like multi-level marketing groups so like Amway and so like money money making schemes to all get rich quick schemes yeah yeah and that's where he and that's where he kind of that's where he he developed his his signature for the school because that's because that's basically what the school is it's a multi-level marketing yeah. uh, pyramid t- type scheme you know where you pay see anyone can join but you have to pay to get through the, to pay to get yeah pay to get up through the ranks you know yeah I'm surprised he never got into cryptocurrency you know yeah. <laughs> he would have blossomed you know some of the claims I could I did st- establish it no he's a DJ and he has like uh, he has a whole collection of uh, CDs out of like ambient music and techno and trance music when you're he, saying that he he himself is a DJ? Yeah. Exactly. Wow, as well I gotta listen a, to this. As well as being a, a movie producer. And you can actually, if you if you if you type in Goodney Goodnessin, he comes up on the the IMB the IMB H website. Yeah. Where they like the credit all his the movies that he's produced, and he's actually produced about seven movies. Some of them like with some like known actors and the probably the not the probably the best kind of movies, like, you know, or well established movies, but like he, he has produced them like, you know. There is some amount of talents he has, he might be three thousand years old. <laughs> Make it possible. It it just it's it, the whole thing about uh these guys it is interesting because he kind of reminds me of like a john mcafee type like before john mcafee got into all of this other like this kind of snake oil pseudo political realm and also like cryptocurrency he was like a yoga guy he he, he tra- taught like a very specific um uh style of uh meditation any any turned into an you can look at old videos he's like an absolute guru cult leader it like in this like this compound and um then he went into like uh selling or or doing research chemicals in um panama and then he went and like he just had like this crazy smattering of of greasy businesses and um this it's like they it's like a they follow the same kind of uh path i don't know that's the what that's what kind of came to my mind hearing all of this and is he still in any way doing uh mystery school stuff or is it is he completely doing movie things now well he's he's he's, he says himself that he only like franchises though the mystery school but like he still runs courses right like right i'll get into I'll get I'll get into the courses there now, right? Because, like I said, it's a it's a multi it's a multi level marketing thing. So you start off when you when you join, like like how like how they get you is they tell you that you need to be that you need that like you need to be exercised, like to do exorcisms out and stuff like that. So and that's how they get you in. But then they they they'll tell you that like oh you 
you're very connected to the spiritual world and we think that you could, could become a healer you could move up you could definitely move up and become like your own ritual master and do your own uh healings and stuff like that you know but like yeah so that that's that's how they that's how they hook you in but like when you start off like the the courses like the healings alone they start off the price range for the healings start off like from anywhere between 500 say, say pound dollars to and upwards of like two thousand dollars you know and they're and they're just and they're just the the healings and the exorcisms and but then you have to if you want to if you want to go further you have to go and do the other courses which would you have to get a life activation that's what the thing i talked about at the start the life activation with a sorry with a activate your 24 strands of dna exactly yeah and you know when you said when you said um he like this is bigger than uh scientology like at first on first glance i'm kind of skeptical of that but then uh when you put it into terms like he's franchising this stuff out like uh think of how in terms of numbers think of how big like avon or uh tupperware things or like uh what's the other like mary Kay, like those i could totally see just number wise not money but number wise it being huge like especially if he's been just kind of trotting all over the world massive especially considering the horses cost right when you when you get past when you get past all the other courses, right? If you want to get to the top of the pyramid, right? Yeah. You're about you're a couple of hundred grand in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that like some people do that, like pay that much. But see, just... you have to like a lot of people wouldn't be able to afford it, right? And a lot of the, a lot of the members, a lot of the members that I talked to would have been low level members. And they spent about twenty grand to talk like, oh, this is bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. But then you have then you have people that kept on going with the courses and they have spent hundreds of thousands because like when you like there's levels there's levels you have to reach, right? So once you do the once you do the life activation course, you have to do the Healers Academy course, right? And that's about five thousand dollars. And then you have to do then you do the you do the Healers Academy course. You have to know thyself course, right? Well, whichever one comes first, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But then you have but then you become a ritual master. Then you can become a rit, a ritual master to a master two point right? So I keep going up, right? Now, let me talk about the ritual master course, though, because this one's important, right? This is where a lot of the abuse, though, because at the lower levels, right, at the lower levels of the pyramid scheme, a lot of the abuse is just financial abuse. So I mean, they're taking your money because you have to pay for things like you have to pay for exorcisms, you have to pay for you have to pay for like the books and the books that they charge you, like they charge you, like you can pay two hundred euros for a book that you can actually find online for fifty quid, fifty dollars, right? But they charge excess of a couple of hundred euros, right? And Anything to do with like you have to pay to get healed like i just it, it, that just screams like cult or scam to me yeah. it, it's like you, you shouldn't have to do that i don't know to add some validity while uh this was going on so there are 109 churches of scientology across 30 states there is 168 franchises essentially the way we're wording it right now for the mystery school so there is i mean quite a few more and it's across a multitude of countries so it is looking like it is a bit bigger than scientology thank you thank you because I had I told that to Dialogue Ireland, I made that claim that they were bigger than Scientology, and they said it wasn't true because Scientology were huge. I knew for the fact after doing my research, I knew that the numbers were were massive, you know, for the modern mm-hmm. mystery. Financially, Scientology holds the cake because of yeah. the massive amount of financial requirement needed to be a member of Scientology, yeah. and they probably have a massive. They have a much bigger membership. Um, amount, but I think as far as like physical locations are concerned, um, this one definitely has the upper hand. Yeah. When we get, like I was saying earlier, when you get up to, through the ranks, you reach ritual mass, and this is and this is where I guess this is where it gets dangerous. This is where the kind of the, the abuse kind of gets a bit kind of full on, you know. When when you get to ritual master. Right, and when you get to Ritual Master two point door, you're about a hundred grand in. Right, so to do the course is it's a four it's a four day course. Right, and you have you have to go without water and food for four days. That's right. How long? How long, how long well. can you live? How how long can you live without water for? Like, is it like three, yeah, four days? not long. Yeah, I think it's well, seven seven days. Yeah. I think it's without water. Definitely hallucinating at that point. 
Yeah, four days are going to be pretty thirsty. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, but, uh, I've heard that they do this to like break your will down. Yeah. That was also yeah. an episode of The Simpsons. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those guys make you more malleable and, yeah. and make you more persuasive and whatever. But right? they complete the course, right? After four days of fasting and going without water to bring you out into the forest, to bring you out into this included location and there's holes there's like graves dug in the ground and they tell you to get into the grave and they bury they bury you alive in the grave and like that that must be like the most scariest thing ever do you know what i mean like you know, I, have, I have a fear of tight spaces like so i couldn't even imagine climbing into a hole do you know what i mean and letting them throw a dart yeah. at me like you know do you do, have, do i mean i'm assuming it's to the neck well what they do is throw a piece of plastic over you and they just dump the dirt on top of you then so there's okay. like uh there's like a layer between you a, a nice a good bit of dirt in you and it gets pretty heavy you know, the, the, the dart of Tronia is like weighing, it's weighing down on them. And then they leave, it, they leave you there then for a the few, the few minutes and they pull the plastic then up and they pull you out then. It's like, it's meant to be symbolic, you know? And they're like, kind of like you're, you're reborn kind of thing, you know? But like, pretty excessive, you know what I mean? Like, and like, oh, yeah. it's a test, it's, it's a, as well, to see how persuasive you can be, you know what I mean? Like, see what you're willing to, see how far you're willing to go with things, you know what I mean? Like, and I think when you're at that stage, then that's when you know they have you. That's when you know, like, we're going to get a lot level. More, you know, what level is this at? This is this is at the ritual master level. No, this is okay. when you go through all the other courses, the, like I said, life activation, the knowledge self course, the healers academy. When you become a ritual master, that's when you're allowed, you're, you can go in and you can do your own healing and you can do your own. You can kind of set up your own kind of like franchise, if you will, you know, and you can operate in, in your whatever country you're from and but look the whole the whole goal is because it's multi-level marketing is to bring in more students you know what i mean mm, it's like infinite growth yeah so okay i now has he ever other than the backyard kid brawls and the what what was the other one the pb gun like was he ever has he ever been in any kind of law enforcement issues before no, I think that was about it. I think that was it. I think that really? Because usually these yeah. guys get hit with like tax evasion of some yeah. sort. But look, I, yeah, there was look, there was issues with money as well, but I couldn't find much on that, you know. But there was definitely, yeah. there was definitely, he had definitely issues with money. I think that was another reason why he left Iceland as well, because there was there was definitely issues around that, you know. Could you imagine if like you wanted to buy a McDonald's franchise and they were they like put you in a grave, they like drove you out to the desert? <laughs> That's a little extreme, but like I just yeah. wanted, to, I just wanted to make money off the breakfast burritos, man. You're gonna die, or you're gonna be the perfect franchisee. After, <laughs> yeah, so. right. One way or the other, you have to continue to have you like every year, like when you, when you reach this level, every year you still have to do the course again. You still have to pay the money again because if you don't pay the money, they'll kick you out and they'll tell you that. Like obviously, like once you become a ritual master, like and you, and you have the magic, when the magic be for like continue so like this is a yearly thing yeah you know if like once you start paying the magic just stops do you know what i mean like wow. you know? <laughs> and just strip a... you of all your titles and your ritual masters and you're out you know i think franchisers yeah. should take that route you know if hey you don't pay your franchise fee annually the magic's gonna stop <laughs> see we have like so many different kinds of versions of that over here um it's like uh I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the certified health nut. Like he started on on YouTube by like slapping his nuts over a fire to get like views and like all, you know align his chakras and stuff. And then he went full on woo woo where it's like crystal alignment and like and like all these different uh types of meditation in the middle of the desert what with on an empty stomach and all of this stuff. But uh, he's got like a following like the and but it, they're like splinter groups or like factions, because I would think at a certain point it would be way more profitable to just start your own thing. I mean, the, there's a lot of people that are just willing to sign up for this. Apparently, well, the problem with the whole ancient teachings aspect is there's only so many scrolls that have been found. There's only so yeah. many versions of this that have been found over the years. So there's no there's no new information like all this information that like is claimed to be um innovative or adaptive or just new is not it's just a new version of a new way of saying it a new way of approaching it and then adding something that is 
completely different than what everybody else is doing. Like all of these things that was just explained are utilized in many mystery schools and are utilized in, I mean, some of them come from (laughs) ancient Greek mystery schools. Some of them come from the initiatory practices of ancient Egyptian mystery schools. Like these things have been there for years and years. Um, And I think it's just, you, you kind of, we're at a perfect state of information overload. You have all the information at your fingertips to be able to grasp it, but nobody wants it. So it's easier just to learn from somebody who is a expert and pay to get that feeling of doing these things. Like, for example, the fasting, the meditative practices and stuff like that. There, there's been validity to that. The Tibetan monks, and there's there's definitely some versions of that that show validity. But the, the matter of fact is that you have to dedicate your life to doing some of those things to even see any form of and, – and we're just not that. Like our culture is not at that level. We want a quick fix. We want to – do it for a day, pay a whole bunch of money and be happy. And that's why these companies or these entities thrive is because we just want to feel like we're doing it. We don't want to go to the gym. We want to pay for, you know, plan a fitness membership for $20 a month. So that way we can say we go like we don't want to use the equipment. We just want to feel better because we have a gym membership. And that's kind of the approach that why these things take off the way that they do. Even the hallucination factor like that's been utilized in mystery schools for a long period of time because it generates a vision. It generates uh, something to where you're already being told these things and now you're hallucinating. So what are you probably going to hallucinate about? What you've been told or what you've been learning about? Now there's validity. Now you're bought in. You're sold. Yeah. yeah. Did, did, teach, uh, did teach astral travel? You know mm. Yep. Yeah. A lot of the members though that I, that I talked to and became friends with, they would... Their biggest fear, their biggest fear that uh, the higher ups can get them so they can speak out or whatever. They can astral travel and get them in their sleep or get them in their dreams or or that like to do a ritual and suddenly they drop dead, you know. And so like there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of fear there with the members, you know. And like so much so like they want like if they do speak out about it, they want they want to be anonymous, you know. They want to give their name or I have one woman she talks to me like we were talking through WhatsApp and uh, she was afraid that like. They can extract all our messages, like our private messages between me and her from WhatsApp, you know, and there's just a lot of fear there, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're so freaked out that they think that they can be spotted from anywhere. That's how far they've gotten yeah. into these people's heads. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. How well, long did how long did all of this take you generally to research, like just a general time frame? Uh, the article took about four months. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is pretty, like, I kind of surprised myself, you know, because it wasn't something I've done before. So I was kind of like, kind of proud of myself for that, you know. So I know yeah. other, other, because story there now about one of the members, it's kind of pretty, pretty heartbreaking, you know. But uh, I was, I was, I was forced, I, I, I was forced on to, bro- to break the story because Vice had spent, geez, I think they spent about 80 months doing their article and they, they made a documentary and a lot of the stuff they talked about on the documentary is what I had already written about, you know, and they used that, like, I, I helped them out in some, at some level, like, I, I gave them some of my sources and stuff, right? I'll tell you a story there, though, right? They have, they have a big following, they have a big following in South Africa, they have one of their main, one of their main schools is in South Africa, and uh, the woman in question, it was her husband that I was talking to because the, the woman had died. But what happened was she had left the school, but then she got cancer. Young, young girl, young, young girl. She had, like she had two she had kids and everything, right? And she had left, but she got cancer. And, a, and one of the the higher ups, her name was Rita Vanderborg. She's uh she's actually a part of this. There's, there's, within the school, there's this uh, thing called the Council of Twelve Women, right? So you have these twelve high ups. They're all women. Some of them are very, like, very attractive women, you know. And uh, I actually talked to one of them. Her name was Anne Donnelly. She's like, she was one of the Irish recruiters, you know. And she's like, she's, she's actually, a, she was actually a doctor. Do you know what I mean? Like, so they, they, a lot of these, a lot. But see, that's the thing with these people. A lot of them are doctors. And Rita, Rita, Rita Vandenberg was also a doctor in South Africa. So she, she turned around. The woman, the young woman, her name was Chrissy, Chrissy Ventura, I think. I think it is. And she got cancer and Rita Vandenberg told her that the only way she was going to cure the cancer 
is if she comes back to the school and pays money for the healing, right? She, she, she said that she was going to heal her cancer. She kept on paying her money for the for the healings and she had to do some courses. And so this woman went away. She spent, from what I, from what the husband told me, was upwards of like $50,000, maybe a bit more. But in the end, she still died from the cancer. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Like we, like we, we I, like I wrote to the South African Health Board to kind of like... You know, this is what this woman is doing. She needs to be like broke off. She needs to do you, know, you did take her PhD or whatever. You know, you did credentials away from her. You know, keep her away from people. Like you know, especially if she's doing things like that. You know, mm. you know, like that, that, that. For me, that was the most heartbreaking story. You know, that I that I got from it. You know, like, yeah, that's I, a pretty I can, rough one. I can I can understand like people wanting to heal their own way. Like I get that, and everyone should have their own right to like do something. It just it's sad when you are the outside looking in, knowing that it isn't something that will work. Like, you know, it's yeah. just like, hey, rub peanut butter on your face and you'll like it'll heal yeah. you. It's just like, come on now, that's not gonna work. Like there's you have to like I wish there would have been someone to help that woman like look at like, hey, maybe okay, still do the modern, you know, science thing, mystery science. Like, dude, go ahead and do that if you want to, but also try to seek like medical care for this like you have to understand like i wish there would have been someone there or there should have been someone there to kind of help her through that but that's that's really great of you to like you know like reach out to that to try to get her credentials because she's a piece of shit you know like she knows it doesn't work you know like i mean like maybe maybe she thinks it does but i don't know but i mean i guess this woman haven't I mean, passed away and everything. Like maybe I don't know. Maybe that's that's just that sucks. That there's really like piece of shit. We say that here on the on the show all the time. That there's just like bad people in the world. Now, you know, that's one of them. Definitely, you know. But but that's the thing. You see, not everyone in this group are bad people. You know, they're they're really doing good. The whole the whole belief is that they're saving the world from demons they're demon slayers that's what they that's what they are they do rituals and they do magic stop people from dying and and if if somebody drops dead if like if somebody drops dead that's because the magic isn't working you know so they had to like there was this thing in 2012 there was like this big event that was meant to happen it was like the world was meant to end or something you know Mm-hmm. They got all the, they got every member of, of the school right but you had to pay you had to do this right they made everyone pay, no matter where they were in the world. On this certain date, they, ha- they all had to come together at a certain date. Not, not, not even in the same room. They could, like, they could all be in different parts of the world. But at the same time, they all had to do the, the special rituals and stuff to save the world from ending, right? And, so, and one person asked, like, how do we know if it's going to work? You know? Mm-hmm. And one of the higher-ups, Dave Lanyon, turned around and he said, look, if nothing happens, that means... We won. That means it worked, you know. And it, like, you know, talk about a perfect marketing campaign. Hey, if we're still alive, it's because of us. If not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they all, and they all believed, and they all believed that this, that they're the only ones that know what was about to happen. And they saved us. They, they all, they all had this part in saving the world, but nobody else knows about it, you know. So they were kind of like special in a way. Do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, they definitely were special. <laughs> I wonder in an organization like this, like what the percentage is, because like like you were saying, like there's a lot of bad people that know that this isn't working and they're just completely taking advantage of of individuals. And then what percentage is like uh, actually people that, you know, took the pill and like believe completely believe this because there's a ratio and I would love to know what it is. And I I, but I would want I want to know what the the founder because because in my mind, he's the one that probably is the most full of shit uh like or or knowledgeable in this like knows that it doesn't work yeah yeah like how like especially just looking at his background just he's been kind of all over the place until this stuck to the wall right well from people from people that i talked to that that know because not everyone gets not everyone gets to meet the leader you know not everyone gets to meet goodney it's only when you go right up the ranks when you when you get with when you're when you're paying when you're paying somewhere between a hundred thousand euros for a course and it's the top of the pyramid court. That's when you get to meet Goodney, Good Mason. But I've known, but I've, I have a friend, I can't say his name, in the early years of the school, about 2010, he became like his, he went over to Japan and he was like, Goodney's, uh, what would you call it? Kind of like, lackey, you know, like, he's lackey. He had him doing stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, no. 
and he so he got pretty close to him, and he was telling he told me like he's he that he's he's a kind of, <laughs> kind of like autistic. You know, look, look I, I have a son, I, I have a son who's autistic, but look, he was saying it, it, it is in his mannerism, the way he talks, and mm. but then when it comes up, like he claims that like he's into he claims that he's into uh, quantum physics and all this, you know. But when it comes mm. to like talking about it, stuff like that, he's like pretty retarded, you know, pretty. Yeah. Stupid, you know what I mean? Like, and he comes across kind of like childlike, sort of innocent, you know. And he has yep. this innocent. I think, like, and I think that's what a lot of people kind of would take him because he has this kind of like innocent quality to him, you know. Yeah. But on the other side of it, he's not so he's not innocent, like you know, because like what we had to talk about as well, like is the other stuff that gets that goes on in the school that people don't like. A lot of people have come out and mentioned that it happens. You have some people that said it happened. It happened to them. But you have the sexual abuse that goes on in the school. You have because, like, you know, you know the Gordon Don and Alistair Crowley and stuff. They all practice sex magic, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a lot of that's a, a part of and that, that's a lot of that is part of the courses. The women, because like what you have to understand as well, like for every block that for every one man that joins the school, there's like two women that join. So there's like two women to every man in the school. But a lot of it's made up of women for a reason, because the three leaders are men, mm. you know, and they are fucking sexual deviants, you know, do you know what I mean? In a way, in a sense, because they pick, because they pick and choose women for their looks and for what you call it. They give them special treatment and they bring them over to Japan and they say, they say, look, we'll have to come into this room and we'll have to dance, do a sensual dance to get the sexual, sexual magic kind of going in the room or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they, they make them have sex. With each other. They'll make them they'll have sex with the, the leaders. be like, we'll have to have sex with us and for the magic to work. And so there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of that kind of shady sexual approach of stuff that goes on in this school that's, it's, it's not really talked about. It's, 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 it's kind of hard to prove because a lot of people are ashamed when they do come out of it and they don't want to talk about it, you know? I had one of the guys that were in the school. He was like, he was young. He was only like 19 at the time. And it wasn't, but it, it, it wasn't, it didn't happen. It, it wasn't one of the higher ups, but one of the higher ups told my friend that he has to sleep with this guy. Even though he's, he's completely stressed, you know, you're going to have to sleep with this fella. You know what I mean? For, for whatever reasons. And he he believed this. He believed that he had to. And he did. He slept with him. He did what he's like, fucking nasty, whatever, whatever, you know, he had to do. You know, look, if if, if it was consensual and that's, and, and that was, you know, you were, you were in men, whatever, that's all right. But it wasn't, it wasn't consensual in the, in the fact that he thought he had to do it. That's true. Oh, yeah. This is completely he predatory. Well at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This keeps this more and more reminds me of the Nexium cult, like it does, um, yeah, because exactly, yeah. same exact same, same mo, same, same kind yeah. of, and the same, and it, like with the starvation stuff, and there's, there's like when it comes to the women, like you know, they they are they're told what to wear, they're told that like you can't wear sanitary, the sanitary products are controlled, the the calorie you have to calorie count, you have to give up drink and cigarettes and. Every aspect yeah. of their life is kind of controlled by men, you know, in the group. I mean, that's so, what, I mean, the Nexium was all like, how, they were, they were emphasizing how uh, liberating uh, it was to be a woman in Nexium. And they, but the, what they really were doing were grooming these people and grooming like, um, b- b- they were basically doing the same thing with the, the, um, what is it called? Pyramid structure, but it was yeah. to recruit more women. And and yeah. uh yeah, this got this got dark. I didn't realize that it was gonna it turn this realm. I'm gonna make one more point, right? Yeah. And this is nobody talks about it. I was I love I was I, I came I came across this and I kinda I wanna do something about it because it kinda shocks me, you know? In Toronto, right, where the main base is where you have to like if you if if you're going doing the big courses, if you want to become, if you have to do the the yourself course, or the you have to go to Toronto to do it, and it's in a place called either either Boken, I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm not, no, I I'm not really sure I know how to pronounce the name, but there's a, it's it's in Toronto anyway. But but there's also I came across a women's shelter in Toronto. It's called Habitat. Women's Habitat is called right. So they take in they women that have 
from that that are going through domestic abuse at home and they've nowhere else to go so they're escaping violence at home or if, if even young girls a lot of teenagers that go that are face, facing sexual abuse at home or whatever so they, they, if they're running up they'll go to the school and the centre will take them in and house them and look after them until they're ready until they're ready to get back on their feet without having to go back to abuse so what I found out was right now the, the people who run it now the, the they're big into like women's rights and women's freedom and you know like to be free of abuse and stuff like that. But see, but what they don't actually tell you is, right, the modern mystery school donates money. And look, you can say, look, they're just being charitable, but they don't they don't they donate money to the school. A lot of money. Not to the school, sorry, to the to the women's shelter. They they donate a lot of money to the women's shelter. Alright? But not only that, right? Say like Events like, say, like Halloween now will come up, or Christmas, all right? The Modern Mystery School would arrange a party in the Habitat Centre for all the young teenage girls, and they'll give them laptops and iPads, and they'll give they're giving them stuff, and they're giving them money, and the Habitat, Women's Habitat Centre is, is saying how great the school is, knowing, right, with everything that's come out about, about the school already, knowing that they're a dangerous organisation, they're a dangerous cult, but they're getting into bed with the modern mystery school giving giving them access to some of the most vulnerable women out there. Do you know what I mean? Like and a, a lot of the, a lot of the women that I talked to, a lot of them came from abuse. A lot of them came from addiction. The buddy of mine, he was recruited through a rehab centre. So they, they target rehab centres and they go after the most vulnerable in society. You know? So you have the centre, the women's habitat centre in Toronto, giving them giving them access to like vulnerable women. You know, and I I think it's shocking, and, and I'm actually in the process now of doing more research into it, and I want to write about it. I want to expose them. I want to put the word out there, like you know, you might be in the safest hands going to this habitat center when they should be. You know, that's like that is like I I'm not surprised, but surprised at the same time. Like that is like that makes total sense of why someone would do that. Like if they're trying to like you know like yeah. get what they want. But it, it, that is, it's so, it's such a shit move. Because you're, you're, as like the shelter, you're put in a weird place where someone is offering you help and money yeah. and resources to help these people. Yeah, but yeah. in, but you know what they do. So do you not deny someone like assistance when they could, like, let's say it's, it's an iPad. Let's say it's a, a teenage girl that, you know, wants to go to college or a laptop. And it's something where this could help her get through school yeah, or something yeah. like that. Are you going to deny her? that laptop you're you're put in a weird situation where like ultimately i don't i don't know like i I don't know what i would like do as like as the shelter i don't know what i'd do because if if money already is hard to get to come to the shelter you know like if it's not something where a government assisted or people are like it's a constant flow of like money and i get that you know they obviously need all the money they can get to help these women Mm -hmm. but like they're getting into bed with the with the wrong people you know yeah and how much access do they give them to the way? Like, you know, do they turn around and say, look, uh, go and talk to this person. They're from this modern mystery school. They can help you. You know, they can heal you. They they, can. Yeah, unless it's like counsel- they offer counselors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, look, that's what Scientology does. Scient- Scientology yeah. runs their own rehab center. What's it? Narconin? Narconin? Narconin or something like that is called. And they've done that for years. And that's how they, they recruited a lot of the members was through this rehab center. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they they also set up around um, college campuses a lot and do their yeah. free uh, Thetan level screenings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're young and they're more they're, they're suggestible, you know what I mean? young college kids. Well, you're gonna have to keep us updated as far as how that goes, Damien. As far as like I mean, what what research you do find and everything. It the once you got into it in this the latter half, it it like highlighted how serious that this. Is like it it more kind of was, I was thinking just like kind of yoga freaks, but it's it's like got super dark and just be careful, man. Like, uh, just kind of you know watch yourself and and just be aware of where you're publishing and and whatnot. But like at some point, like it it would be great if there was like an investigation into them. But they're all over the they're in so many different jurisdictions. Like how. Uh, outside of just investigative journalism, I don't know how you go even go about that. That's smart to see, you know, and 
And that's how they that's how they get away with it for so long, you know? Yeah. Well, how would you go about getting them? Like, like, is it through like tax evasion? What would you get them on tax evasion? You well, know, governments and, love that. You will be. That's the only thing I can think of, you know. If you, you want, want to be the best why they're utilizing the charities. So the reason why the charities are in use is because by donating through those charities, they're getting tax relief by donating those laptops, by donating those iPads. All of those are dollar for dollar write offs, including yeah. every other thing that they do. So that's I guarantee you that's an ironclad reasoning yeah. for that and why they're so involved in it. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, Damien, <laughs> hey, we got to get going, but thanks you exactly. for. Yeah, thank you for stopping by. This is this is great. Um, just last little bit though, do you have any sort of like advice or suggestions or anything like that that you want our listeners to uh to hear about? Yeah, like uh like to know, to know when this goes when you have when this is up, like do you, do you have like information under the post or anything, G? Under the like before you click into the Oh the yeah, 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 yep, yep. Yeah, like if if you can uh maybe even just says look up look up the Dialogue Ireland link. But look up the Dialogue Ireland website and if you can maybe put a link to Dialogue Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, director, he's he's a great, great, great man. Uh he's, he's a friend of mine. Uh Mike Gard is his name. And like he's for ye- for like years and years and years he's been helping people. Dialogue Ireland itself, like it's they have everything on every cult. Do you know what I mean? Like the the, the exports. In cults, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you can just put maybe put a, a link dialogue on our website, if you can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's too easy. We can definitely do that. And then I know you said you had written some articles and everything like that. If you want us to put those in there too, we definitely yeah, can. Exactly. Send you a link to it. Be brilliant. Awesome, awesome. Hey, Damien, thanks. Thank you again for stopping by. We really appreciate it. I hope I was all right because I'm not, like this is this is new to me and and <laughs> uh, the best speaker in the world. I'm a writer. That's why I love writing. I put my thoughts on the paper and, you know. No, hey, you you did great. We really appreciate it. You were very, and you had a lot of information to throw at us. We have a we have a lot to talk about and a lot to think about from this, and I'm sure our audience members do too. Thanks for meeting. So, awesome. You did great, though. Yeah, stay safe. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.